Good morning. How is everyone? Yay! We're going to go ahead and get started with the service. So if you want to stand, we're going to begin worship. Take 
good morning to someone. Make them feel welcome. We are excited everyone's here. All right, I'm going to call you guys all back to your seats. We'll do more fellowshipping in a little while. <laughs> awesome. Anybody meet anybody new today? Yay. Make sure they're welcome, and make sure they fill out that welcome card, too. So I'm excited this morning because Tracy, come on up. Tracy is our new children's director. And she is awesome. She's been going here for oh, probably about four years. Four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. So Tracy's been here. So she is going to do a kids moment. And so do we want to call up the kids? Yeah. All yeah. right. Kids, All kids come, on, come up. on up. Come on up, Come kids. on up and kind of sit around here probably in this area. And whoever wants to come up. I know we have more kids. We have some who are a little nervous, I think. Go ahead and sit down there, please. Thank you. I love you, too. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, it is so good to see you. I am going to talk today in Children's Church about how God is faithful. God is the same yesterday as he is today as he will be tomorrow. So I have a bucket here. What's inside my bucket? Pom-poms. What do you think would happen to all of these pom-poms? And they're not tied in. I didn't glue them. See? What would happen to these pom-poms if I dumped my bucket upside down? They would fall out. And do you think you'd have a mess to clean up? Yeah, <laughs> it would be pretty messy, wouldn't it? But if I spin this bucket, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think will happen if I spin it in a big circle? You think they'll fall out? Do you think they're going to fly everywhere? Yeah? You think so? Well, shall we try? Okay, you ready? I'm going to spin it all the way around. Okay. What happened? Did the pom-poms fall out? No, let's go the other direction. What happened? They didn't fall out. Did that surprise you? Maybe I'm going to go back and forth, but I'm going to back up a little bit because I don't want to accidentally. So what if I go this way? Did they fall out? No, they did not. There is a big scientific term called centrifugal force. And centrifugal force says when something spins, that force from spinning holds things into place. That is the way God is. Because sometimes our lives get turned upside down. Sometimes our lives spin out of control, and we don't know what to do. We're kind of scared. We're nervous. Things that we thought we could depend on, we can't. But you know what? One thing we can depend upon is that God is faithful always. So when our lives are spinning like this, God holds us together. It is God's faithfulness that we can depend upon 
year after year and day after day. All of those Bible stories that we learn about, that is the same God that lives with us today. And he is faithful. So in a few minutes, we are going to take communion. And when we take communion, that is a promise from God. Because God promised us that he would send us his son and the Messiah. And we are going to take it to remember Jesus, to remember how Jesus came and remember that Jesus was God's promise to us. And so now, knowing that God kept those promises, we know he's going to keep every single one of his other promises. And we can depend upon that. We can stand upon that. All right, so we're going to go back with our families, and we are going to take communion. So we'll see you guys in a little bit. Well, before we share in the sacrament of communion together, enjoy this video, and I hope it ministers to you. The Lord's Supper, and that always struck me a little funny. Nobody eats supper anymore. It's always dinner. What's for dinner? Let's go out for dinner. You know who used to call it supper? My mom when I was a kid. It was a sound I could hear from blocks away. So I'd head for the house, stash away my bike, and dash on in. Michael, what have I told you about slamming the door? Sorry, Mom. Go get washed up for supper. So I'd go and wash up, and I could see what she meant. Those hands were dirty, grease and mud, just filthy. I liked it, but Mom didn't, so I scrubbed, and I rinsed, and I dried. And I ran back to the kitchen where Mom just wanted me to sit still and wait. I could be watching TV or playing video games. Who wants to sit and watch someone mash potatoes? Although, Mom and I did get a lot talked about during those five minutes. Sooner or later, everybody else showed up. And even though she wasn't quite done, Mom would sit down. And we could say the blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. Thank you. Dad's prayers were very real. We weren't just flying through some ritual before diving into the food. We were talking to God himself. So Dad would ask the Lord's blessing, and then he'd ask my mom to pass the fruit salad. Well, finally we got to eat, and it was worth the wait. Mom put everything she had into her cooking. You could taste it. Although it's surprising I could taste anything, slamming down those huge mouthfuls to get to tonight's TV show. I need smaller bites. So I'd slow down a little. And I'd chug down my juice, wipe a napkin across my mouth, and gasp those all-important words. May I be excused, please? And I'd be free. So that's what I think of when I hear the word supper. Someone who wants me to come home, to wash up, to enjoy being clean more than I enjoy being dirty. Someone who wants me to sit just for a little while and think about my life, how much I'm loved. 
some quiet, serious prayer, passing plates so others can be filled too, small bites, and careful thinking, and those all-important words, may I be excused, and the awesome resonance of the answer, yes, you may. being free from our sin because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. You know, we are family here. And each one of you, you are invited to the dinner table where there's love, acceptance, forgiveness, and laughter. Jesus is at that table. And as we come forward today, to receive the elements. Let's remember his sacrifice for us on the cross so that we can be freed from our sins. We're going to come forward and receive the elements. Ben is going to be over here. I'm going to be over here. If you're unable to come forward, Pastor Scott is going to be um, walking around with a basket. So just raise your hand so he can see you. And he will be happy to bring the elements to you. And I just ask you to go ahead and take those elements back to your seat. And we're going to eat and drink together as a family. So let's uh, just stand. And we will prepare to take communion together.
1 Corinthians 11.23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread and eat it and remember his sacrifice on the cross. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink and remember his blood shed on the cross for us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so very, very much for the incredible sacrifice that was willingly given for us. That kind of love is so hard for us to get our brain around. But Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for going to the cross for us. And Lord, as we remember that sacrifice as we remember that incredible cost for us, Lord, we want to confess our sins to you. We admit, Father, that we have disobeyed you. We admit, Father, that we have missed the mark, that there are times when we have fallen short, that we have done things that are not pleasing to you. We take this time, Father, to confess those sins to you and to ask for your forgiveness. We thank you, Father, that your arms are held out to us, that we can come running back to you and you receive us, you embrace us, and you are grateful that we have come back to you. Father, help us to never choose sin over our relationship with you. Father, we just thank you so much for this time that we can gather together as a church family and we can remember what you have done for us. We thank you for this time, this beautiful time of worship, Lord. And we have come here, Lord, to worship you because you are worthy of all of our worship. And Father, I know that there are some here that are coming with heavy hearts. I know, Lord, that there are some here who are grieving great losses. Father, meet them at their point of need. Fill that place, Lord. Fill that loss, Lord, with your spirit and with your love. I know, Lord, there are some here that are dealing with sickness. And Jesus, I lift them up to you. And I just ask that you touch them, that you bring healing to them. I know, Father, there are some here that are struggling, Lord, struggling with loneliness, struggling with addictions. Whatever it might be, Lord, we give it over to you. And we pray, Father, that you will meet each and every one of us at our point of need. 
Father, I just thank you for your incredible love for each one of us. There's nothing in our past that can keep you from loving us. Father, I just pray that you will turn our hearts and our eyes to you today. And Lord, we just thank you. We praise your holy and wonderful name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Scott is coming up with the announcements today. We could have the kids be dismissed. You can go ahead and head back with Mrs. Tracy. Going to have some fun time in Children's Church today. You guys can head towards the back. Just a few announcements today, but first we'll have the uh, ushers come forward and we'll get ready to take receive our tithes and offerings this morning so they can come forward and get ready. Uh, we have youth group today at 4.30 to 6.30, but we also will be starting a new midweek gathering um, this, this week from 5 to 6 on Wednesday night. So please come on out. Uh, any age in the youth group is welcome. We're going to be meeting down in the youth room uh, 5 to 6 on Wednesday nights. We'll, uh, we're kicking that off this week. So please come on out for that. And speaking of Wednesday night, what's on Wednesday night at 6.30? Prayer night. You guys got it. That's right. 6.30 in here in the gym is prayer night. Uh, we will be having a church election for church um, board uh, April 24th. That's before and after that service. So be sure to be here for that. Uh, that'll be important. Um, guys, Easter's coming up. Uh, it's, who's excited? Yes, it's happening. And we will be having a Seder meal. Uh, I believe that's the Saturday, the day before. Uh, it's on Passover. And uh, remind me the name of the rabbi. Rabbi Michael will be here leading that, and that's going to be a wonderful time you don't want to miss. That's April 16th from 4 to 7 p.m., and then Easter will be the following day. Um, I think that's it. If you guys could get ready to take your tithes and offerings, we will. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, we are grateful for <clears throat> so many provisions that come in so many different ways. One of them is financial. One of them is our health and our relationships, our friendships, you provide um, in so many different ways. And this is just one way that we can give back and one way we can worship you through our tithes and offerings, Lord. And I pray that um, you strengthen us to, to, do the, to give boldly um, in this time and to not hold back. We thank you for all that you do, all that you give us, Lord. Uh, be with us throughout the rest of the service. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who
we want to ask your spirit to come in more. We want more of you here, Jesus. We want more of you here, Holy Spirit. This morning is about you. As we get ready for Easter, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. We cannot walk out of this room without knowing what a blessing it is that you have allowed us to spend eternity with you because you sacrificed for us. So, Lord, I pray that we will pour our hearts out to you this morning. I pray, Jesus, that you will come in and take us over, that you will protect us and push out darkness with your light. Father, we love you, and we want this day to be about you, and we celebrate you. And Father, I just pray that you will just pour down over us, Jesus, as we continue to worship you. And all God's people said, amen. Logan, are you ready? Are you ready, Logan? Here we go. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving seems, my comforter, my all in all, there in the face of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took
above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all praise and name. You were here before the world began, above all kingdoms, above all Above all wonders, the world shall ever know. Above all love and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure your
like a rose trampled on the ground. Have you ever thought of that? That he was trampled for us. Amazing. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones. He's above Putin. Amen? Way above him. He's so faithful, just like Tracy said earlier. Oh, he's faithful, and he loves you. And he thought of you by name on that cross. So you're special, and you need to know that. He hasn't forgotten, right, Logan? Should we keep going? Going to praise Jesus some more? What a worshiper's heart.
precious time to remember you today and to know that you are fully in control, Lord. We have many people that are needing you this morning. I need you, Jesus. I don't want to take a step forward without you. But there are people in our congregation, Lord, that are crying out to you. They're dealing with illness. So, Lord, we petition your throne and we bring them to your throne room this morning. And we ask you for healing and comfort and endurance and perseverance, Jesus. But we ask for faith. And, Lord, we ask you to build their faith big. Let them trust you. Let them believe your word and your promises and that you are good. Lord, we love you. And we love them. So we care about them and we want you know them by name. You know who they are. So we trust you with them. And, Lord, there's someone sitting in here this morning that just is just worn out. And they just need you to just give them strength. So, Father, I ask you to do that. And, Lord, I just pray that you will just grow us this morning as Pastor Ben gets ready to bring us his message through your word. Lord, I just pray that you will open our ears and you'll open our hearts to receive it. And then, Lord, you will help us to apply it today. We love you, Father. We cannot take a breath or a step without you. And we thank you for spending time with us. Come in more, Holy Spirit. We want more. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're enjoying... A beautiful time together today, amen? We're uh, celebrating the promises of God these days. Here's that Max Lucado quote, if I've got my PowerPoint slide partner with me this morning. Love that. And every walk in the neighborhood since we've been here has been a reminder of that quote and the promises of God. Uh, Lisa Hochman shared a... uh, really a prayer from the Psalms that's been encouraging her these days, and thank you, Lisa, for sending that along, and uh, that's that next slide, Kylie. Love that verse from Psalm 119, and uh, I thought of another Psalm as I read that uh, prayer, Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Lisa says that verse in Psalm 119 has been sustaining her uh, recently, and uh, I pray, Lisa, that it will continue to. Uh, the Word of God lifts us up, amen? God is present with us. We're grateful for that. So, uh, send Kelly and I those promises. Uh, here's our email addresses again, and uh, you can get in touch with us, and we'd love to celebrate a promise of Sunday in the season that we're here with you, 
or just send us a message via email if you'd like. Just make sure it's positive. Uh, you can send us a negative one too if you want to, but we may just delete it. No, we'll listen to that. Communication. Uh, we're always wanting to uh, work on our communication and uh, appreciate Scott's reminder to check those emails. I think he reminded us of that this morning. Uh, this week, uh, we'll begin to include even more valuable information in those emails, so check that out. Lord willing, beginning next Sunday, we may have another means of communicating waiting for you here on Sunday. I won't tell you what that is, but you can come next Sunday and see if we got it together. In the meantime, I want to communicate a couple, three things before I preach. Uh, thing one, let's pray over those elections that will happen on April 24. And let's pray uh, over those that are considering a nomination to the church board, being a delegate to our district assembly in June. And let's all be praying for good godly leaders in his church these days. Amen? Thing two, it was beautiful celebrating communion together with you today. And that will be our habit first Sunday of every month, uh, celebrating the sacrament of communion. And if you'd like to know the backstory on communion, uh, really understand what that's all about, come to that Seder uh, meal that Scott announced this morning, that Saturday before uh, Easter. That will be a beautiful time with that uh, Messianic Jewish rabbi, the rabbi that believes in Jesus. And I understand a former Nazarene. That, I'm looking forward to meeting him that Saturday. So, Then one last thing, uh, to your WLC staff of uh, Scott, Lori, and Tracy, we're adding Robin Schlumpf. And if I have continued to crucify their name, I get a thumbs up from Jeff back there. That's a miracle. That's proof of the existence of God right there that I pronounced that name right. She's coming on staff beginning this week in an important administrative role, and we're looking forward to have Robin on that staff. We've loved working with your staff. And so, yeah, let's applaud Robin. I think she's here somewhere. Uh, <clears throat> and keep applauding her because that's going to be a tough job. Uh, communication is uh, so important, especially to relationships. And relationship is at the heart of Christian faith, a relationship with God. And right next to that stands our relationship with each other at the heart of Christian faith. And that leads me to uh, today's message. We're three Sundays into a four-week, I guess you could call it a mini-series. Let's see that title slide coming up, Called. We're Called. There are, it seems to me, three great calls. The first is God's call to Himself, called to God. That was last Sunday. Here's the great call for today. We're called together. Called together. As you might have guessed, today's message is about the church. In the New Testament, the Greek word we translate church is ecclesia, literally means called out ones. In that day when there was a community matter that needed hashed out, there would be a town crier that would go through the streets of that town calling people out to that meeting. And it would be at a particular time on a particular day and folks would come together to uh, take care of whatever matter needed taken care of. 
Ecclesia described the church called out of the world and called into fellowship together. The preparation for uh, this particular message today has been the occasion for me to reflect on my own life in the church through the years. And so today, if you don't mind, my message will be a half testimony, okay? My first church as a little boy was the Bellows Avenue Church of the Nazarene, Columbus, Ohio. I think we've got a little picture of uh, that church building, and I took it in a winter setting in honor of you guys. (laughs) My grandpa in the early 1900s helped build that uh, church building. There was a cry room in the back, just like you have in the back of this uh, worship space. Just had a conversation with my mom a few days ago, and I tried to call her every other day or so to check in on her, still living back in Dayton, Ohio. And she reminded me that as a toddler, the age of two, I would stand at the end of the pew where my family would sit, and I would shake the hand of everyone that came down that center aisle. I was destined. My parents divorced when I was seven or eight years old. My mom remarried my stepdad, a career army guy two tours of duty in uh, Vietnam. I think he probably was there the same year as uh, Dick back there. But we moved to the Philadelphia area where we were a part of the Royersford Church of the Nazarene. It was there at the age of uh, 10, and I think we've got a shot of that sanctuary as well, that I asked Jesus into my heart and began this uh, journey of faith that I've been on now for 52 years, and of course, uh, nothing has ever been the same. We got a shot of that Roarsford Sanctuary, Kylie, there it is, still there today. Two and a half years later, we moved south to Augusta, Georgia. My dad, uh, stepdad, was uh, stationed at Fort Gordon there in Augusta, and at the uh, Augusta First Church of the Nazarene, I was in junior high, that was back before the middle school phenomenon, I think we got a picture of that sanctuary as well. I got involved in team Bible quizzing, one of the best things I ever did as a young person, hiding God's word away in my heart. And we studied the book of Acts uh, that year, that first year of team Bible quizzing. I'll quote from that uh, book in just a few minutes. And from the back row of that sanctuary, you can still uh, see it there today. My stepdad, after three and a half years of attending services, stepped out uh, of that back row and up the center aisle at the invitation of the evangelist that was there in revival and gave his heart and life to Christ, shocked me to death. When my stepdad stepped out of that uh, back row and down that aisle, I couldn't believe what was happening. And as the old timers used to say, he was gloriously saved. He was never the same since then. Ended up teaching my junior high Sunday school class I wasn't real excited about that. For some reason, being new to the Bible, he, dis, he, he would uh, pronounce the word disciple, disciple. And every time he did it, I would just cringe, but he was a good Sunday school teacher. A year and a half later, we moved back to Ohio, and my high school days played out at the West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. I think we've got a picture of that. It was there on a Sunday evening at the age of 17. I was a junior in high school that I stood up and testified to a call to preach. I preached my first sermon, as I recall, a really short one. 
on the Sunday I left for college at the age of 18 in that sanctuary. In every one of those places, the church was like family to me. I heard the word preached and taught by those who were called to do that. I was loved and encouraged. Years later, I asked my stepdad about uh, that decision to follow Jesus, stepping out of that back road, Augusta First Church of the Nazarene, and I said, Dad, what made the difference? And without hesitation, he said, you know, that church has loved me. I heard testimonies from those who had been around a lot longer than me, testimonies of how God had saved them, how God had changed them, how God had helped them, what God was doing in their life. I was given the opportunity to respond to the word I heard preached, and many was the time that God worked in my heart at an altar of prayer. And every time I went forward to kneel in those churches, an altar of prayer, uh, the church would gather around me, and I'd feel a hand on my shoulder. From the West Carrollton Church, I went off to one of our Nazarene colleges, Mount Vernon Nazarene University now, Mount Vernon, Ohio. My home church was Mount Vernon First Church of the Nazarene. Forty-plus years later, I can still remember the message my pastor, Dr. Jack Archer, preached about serving one another in love, and, and I can still picture him walking out onto the platform with a towel over his arm. Grandview Church of the Nazarene was my church when I went off to seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, 1982. Me and a few of my single buddies from Mount Vernon showed up to a Sunday evening service that first week. Uh, we were there, and following the service, they had what they called an afterglow. That's a real 70s, 80s term right there. And they were celebrating everyone's birthday that month, and we just, uh, we just felt connected and never went anywhere else. We were a part of a Sunday school class made up of all ages, from us young seminary students in her early 20s to Irma Loomer, who must have been about 117, but she was a beautiful lady. Grandview was uh, our first church after we married. Kelly and I taught a second grade Sunday school class. We lived in a little house on the church grounds in exchange for my being custodian, and uh, we remember the minister of music's little boy, Michael, who would come over to the uh, little house and knock on our living room window and ask if he could come in. Eight months after we married, eight months, and fresh out of seminary, we found ourselves pastoring a church of the Nazarene in Gaithersburg. Maryland. I think we've got a picture of that building. We were 26. We pastored that church until we were 62. It was the only church our girls ever knew until they went off to college. They loved that church, still do. They came to love Jesus in that church, and they came to know that Jesus loved them. We were two young pastors with about no experience that the church loved and encouraged, and we loved and encouraged them back. You can only 
imagine the memories that we carry with us after 35 and a half years in that church family. I flash back to a time we were with a young couple who lost a baby boy days after he was born. I thought about that Sunday evening service when we gathered around a couple whose high school daughter had just run away and they had no idea where she was. I thought about the Sunday after 9-11 when our congregation stood and sang that great hymn, Be Still My Soul, The Lord is on Thy Side. I thought about 2008 when the economy tanked and we had some people out of work and we were hanging in there together. I thought about March 2020 when this pandemic began. I told you a few weeks ago about that first Sunday morning when I stood in an empty sanctuary with an iPhone staring down at me and tried to preach. And three weeks into that, because of some at-risk worship uh, leaders, we went fully pre-recorded. Worship leader would record music in his house, and we'd record a message in our house, and we'd get people to read scripture in their homes, and editors would put that all together. It took them about 15 hours, and we were totally pre-recorded for about six months. And it was really a beautiful time. Creativity unleashed, and but you know what my favorite part of every one of those pre-recorded services were? It was the countdown. And every week that countdown would come on, and we encouraged all our folks to be watching the service at the same time. And as that countdown began, uh, people would come online, and they'd comment, Jill and Bill Gale here, hey church family from Lisa Baldridge, and, and they, would just, they would just start coming on the screen, and I would just cry every Sunday because I, I knew we were still together even though we were apart. relationships, being there for each other in the tough times and the good. That baby boy that died had a twin brother that lived, and we got to watch him grow up and go off to college. Think about the baby dedications. The Easter Sunday morning when a couple that had been trying to have kids for seven years, she was finally pregnant. He got a standing ovation when we announced that that Easter. The weddings, the potlucks, the dunk tanks. I was always in the dunk tank. How come pastors have to be in the dunk tank? July 4th picnics, softball games, and mission trips, the worship together, and the prayer meetings, the times we laughed till we cried. Did we have some rough patches? Sure. There was the cell tower issue. Oh, my goodness. You would have thought we were considering a, an adult bookstore on the grounds of GCN. We had people that were really against that cell tower. In my first year or two, I had a couple of senior ladies who uh, made an appointment with me a Saturday night, of all things, in our worship space. And I met with them, and they had a list of 10 or 12 things that they didn't think I was doing a very good job of. Oh, that was a good encouragement before I preached that Sunday. The last several years there, we had some difficult conversations as we did our best to navigate the issue of race and racism. 
We had folks on both sides of the mask mandate issue. Oh, boy. That may still be playing out a little bit. But like family, you hang in there. You work through those things. You have conversations as tough as they are to have. Those two senior ladies, they became my friends and my supporters. All part of sharing life together. Together is sacred. The book of Acts is the record of the early called out, called together ones. In Acts chapter 2, there's a summary description of that early church. If you have your Bibles or apps to open, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. That summary description of that early church begins at verse 42. I come back to this often. It's a bit of a blueprint for the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. The Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Imagine that. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to biblical teaching, to the testimony they offered that Jesus had been raised from the dead, that he was alive and well, that he was coming again. They taught that church what Jesus had taught them. They were devoted to the fellowship, that Greek word koinonia, In other words, they were devoted to each other, to the breaking of bread, perhaps a reference to the sacrament that we've enjoyed here today, and to prayer. When there was needs in the congregation, they would sell a second home or a piece of property or stuff that they didn't need or perhaps that they did need, and there were no needy persons among them. So devoted they were to each other. And I love that line, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They had potlucks. And note that first word, they. They. The book of Hebrews is a letter written to a church that had seen better days in the faith department. They were waning. They were wavering. And if you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, one verse, my guess is you've heard it before. Verse 25, Hebrews chapter 10, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? The day Jesus comes again. 
And until then, we need to be encouraging each other. What does that mean? Saying something, doing something, being there in a way that puts courage in your brother, in your sister, to keep the faith, to stay on the way until Jesus comes. And how can we do that if we're not together? And how can we do that if we don't recognize that's a calling? Friends, we don't go to church. The church comes together. We gather with the church. That's what we've done here today. The church is not a building. The church may meet in a building, but the church is people. It's a shared life, a shared ministry, a shared mission. It's not a service we attend. It's a fellowship that we participate in and belong to. The times and the places and the forms that uh, church takes are all over the place. Our sanctuary back in Gaithersburg is um, stained glass and pews and full of life. Thanks be to God. You have a multi-use worship space. I love this. That's what we would have had back in Gaithersburg if I had my way, but I didn't. (laughs) The church may meet in a storefront, a school, outside under a tree. The early church met outside in the temple courts, public worship services, and they met in each other's homes. I came to realize that Coming together is a calling with a purpose, significance, worth for each of us who can belong to this family tied in with it. There's an urgency in that. You know that we're the only institution on the face of the earth that prepares people to live this life with and for God and to meet God one day when this life is over. A calling that comes with a commitment. We've got to be committed to each other. Who calls us together? Jesus does. Jesus, who promised to build his church. Jesus, who loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus, who, coming back to that Ephesians 4 passage, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, we're not just talking about coming to a service. We're talking about a relationship among us that really is making disciples. Jesus, the head of the church, and from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Jesus is the centrifugal force that keeps us together. What a great message today from Tracy. We are the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet in this world. That's next week's third grade call. But our fellowship, our life together, our love for each other is a witness to the world. And that was God's plan. And if we're divided or not loving each other, what kind of witness to the power of the gospel 
is that? Called. Called together. Called to God. And our fellowship with each other flows from our fellowship with God. Christ is at the center of our life together. 1 John 1, 3 and 7. We proclaim to you, John says, what we have seen in her so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. If we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See, that's the order of things, isn't it? That summary description of the church in Acts chapter 2 is the first description we have of the church after Pentecost. Think about that. What happened on Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came and filled those waiting, praying believers. And I like to think it was as if Christ were present with them again, only now He's in them. And what was the fruit of being filled with the Spirit? What was the fruit of accepting the invitation of coming to God, of being in relationship with Him? It was a devotion to each other. It was really on that day that the church was born. I come back to this question that I asked last week. How's that relationship with Christ these days? Is your heart burning within you as you walk with Him along life's road like it was for those Emmaus disciples returning home? Have you been? filled with the Spirit? Are you being renewed day by day? Are you just passionate? Is there life there? Is there power there? And those questions aren't asked to produce guilt. I don't want you to go off with some checklist. Okay, I think I'm doing this. I want you to know that relationship because everything else flows from that, including the relationship that we have with each other. The beginning of time, we fell, we sinned, we went uh, our own way. And the, the aftershocks of that have been rumbling down through human history ever since. And what is, the, what is the effect of sin? It's always primarily on relationship, first with God and then with each other. And God wants to restore that. Could we today, again, just offer ourselves anew to God? Even in this moment, just say, oh, my God, I'm yours. I I empty myself of all my pride and desires and all of that. And just, I I want you to fill me. Could we determine to be that kind of people today? You're very patient in listening to what ends up being a long message. One last thought. Ends up, uh, the Gaithersburg Church of the Nazarene wasn't our last church. Yeah. A little more than three weeks ago now, we landed in the Woodland Park Church. And I'm thinking at the end of our time here, You know what I'm guessing will stand out for me? At least it has so far. It was that first Sunday 
when I stepped up to this podium and I asked you, will you be our church family for this season of our lives? And I'll have to admit, I was surprised by the strength of your response. You said, yes, we will. And you have. Here's my challenge to you. Do that for that new pastor that's going to be here in a few months. And do that for each other until Jesus comes. Will you have some rough spots? Yep. Ever have rough spots in your marriage? You ever have rough, rough spots in your family? That just comes with the territory. Determine with God's help to be devoted to each other because we've been called together. Our church back home uh, put on a gala. They wanted to be big and fancy. Uh, the guy that led music that night asked us if we had any song request, and I had one. It was a song that came to characterize the life that we share as a church family back home. It's actually a Catholic hymn, I think. It's called the Servant Song. It goes something like this. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on a journey, brothers, sisters on the road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and share the load. I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you Speak the peace you long to hear. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. And when we sing to God in heaven, we will find such harmony. Born of all we've known together, of Christ's love and agony. Can we do that? I pray we can. Would you stand with me? Father, here we are, your church, your people. On this journey together, needing your grace, needing your healing, needing your love, your mercy, and I pray desiring to extend that mercy to each other, be means of grace to each other, 
loving each other just as we've been loved, forgiving others as we've been forgiven. God, we offer ourselves to that end today. And pray that the fruit of that would be seen in the days ahead as you add to our number people that are saved and delivered and made new. Together we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, don't move, because I have a little video that I'd like you to see as you uh, make your way out uh, today. A little upbeat version of that song that I just shared with you. Let's go ahead and run that. And at the end of that song, or before if you need to, especially if you have kids in the back, you can be dismissed. Thank you for listening today. God bless you. Trying new things. Crank that up. Exploring nature. Whoops. Actually, I don't think that's the right video, but it's a cute one. Okay, maybe next week. Let's all stand together. You're dismissed. There's a lot of good